Hi there, I'm Erin Kraber. I'm a marketing professional with a passion for building a community of industry-leading women navigating careers and motherhood at the same time. Every week, I'll be sharing tips and tricks to help women grow their local businesses, build their personal brands, and be leaders in their communities, and sharing the stories of women who make it happen while keeping the kids healthy and the house still standing. This is a place for honest conversations among women about business and motherhood. Welcome to Motherhood Merged. Hello, and welcome into this episode of the Motherhood Merged podcast. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're used to hearing from me every week, I'm excited to chat with you today. My name is Erin Kraber, and I wear a lot of hats. I started this podcast to talk about some of the topics that are important to women who are like me, busy managing a career or a business while raising a family at the same time, for women who are driven and want to learn how to grow their businesses and grow their brands while still making sure the kids are growing well too. It's a lot of fun to share my own experiences as well as introduce you to some great women who have different experiences and perspectives to share. For today, the topic I want to talk about is one I actually get asked about a lot. Most recently, as I'm interviewing candidates for a couple of open positions I have on my staff as a marketing director in college athletics, one of the common questions asked of me as the interviewer is what I like about the city and the community where we live. So that's a pretty standard question for someone looking to make a move to possibly a new place that they've never been. I've definitely been on the other side, trying to get information about the destination. And before I had a family to worry about, I remember asking questions about what people like to do on the weekends and what the staff does for fun after work. And now, that's one of the many things that changes when you add kids into the mix. I have a very different perspective on relocating and the priorities we weigh as a family of four. To give you a little bit of background on my own story, I've worked in college athletics since graduate school. I started at my alma mater, but learned I had to move on to move up. At the same time, I married my husband, who also was learning the same thing in his own career. When our first daughter was nine months old, we made our first move, which was from Indiana to Illinois. Then, when I was very pregnant with our second daughter... I had a great opportunity and we moved back to Indiana. So yes, I interviewed for and landed a job at nearly nine months pregnant. That could be a whole other podcast episode in itself. So nearly all of my family is in Northeast Wisconsin and my in-laws are in central Indiana. So up to that point, we were all within about a four hour radius and it worked for a while. But... Fast forward to about six years ago. When we moved almost six years ago, we actively made the choice to grow the distance between us and our extended family. It wasn't an easy choice, but it was necessary for our careers to advance. When the opportunity to move south presented itself, we made a very detailed list of pros and cons. This included things like cost of living, quality of schools, and proximity to family. The distance from family definitely fell in a negative in this case where we moved such a long distance. A 15-hour drive in one day is just not realistic at this stage in our lives, and our most recent move was a great opportunity for both of us 
So we went for it. It brought many positives into our lives, but we definitely have encountered some things that really just never crossed my mind. That's one of the things I want to talk about today, because the lessons I've learned about relocating with a family and why we pr- what we prioritize are far different. We place distance from family as a negative for all the obvious reasons. Missing out on family dinners and other special occasions. No free help if we wanted to get away. The expense of flying over driving if it was necessary. Now that I've been deep in the trenches, so to speak, I learned a few things that I honestly never thought about until we settled into a new home far away. So I'm going to share five things that didn't really cross my mind in the decision process, but became some things I had to work through in a new place. I'm on a mission to find small business owners who want to bring in more customers. More customers equals more sales, equals more happy people talking about your business, equals more customers. It's all connected in a loop, but it doesn't have to be difficult to get started. Don't wait for those customers to find you. Open your doors to new customers with this free cheat sheet of five low-tech ways to generate leads. Visit aaronkraber.com forward slash more customers for this free download today. So one of the big things that I really learned I dislike doing is filling out that emergency contact form. As I quickly learn when enrolling my girls into a new daycare, it really doesn't make much sense to list someone outside of the immediate radius of the kids as an emergency contact. Normally I would put my mom, but what can grandma do if she's seven hours away? Nothing makes being alone more obvious than staring at the blank lines on a school form where it says emergency contact. I'm pretty confident that between a call to our cell phones, a text, an email, a call to our work phones, that one of us would be as responsive as possible to an issue. I definitely don't blame the caretakers. They're just doing their job. I get why it's there and it's important. I just really don't like the guilty feeling of having to ask a neighbor to fill in over a relative. Another thing I really didn't consider is time zones. It's not just about the time of day when you wake up and go to bed. An hour or two doesn't seem like much, but think about how much time you'll spend on the phone. Calling across time zones gets difficult to coordinate when you add in activities, bedtimes, and work schedules. We've always set aside time for calls from family one day each week, but just a little variation and we can easily end up missing each other. Another thing I didn't think about was something really basic, like mail delivery. Have you ever thought about how inefficient the U.S. mail system is? And I say that lovingly because my uncle is a postal carrier, but living far away means for every holiday and special event we want to celebrate, we can't just pick up a card and bring it over. We miss out on birthday parties, Father's Day lunches, Easter brunches, and pretty much everything. Just when I feel like I've got the hang of the prep needed to deliver a birthday card on time, it ends up late. Every time. And it works both ways. I can't tell you the number of times my mom will tell the girls she put a package in the mail. Then I get asked every day for a week if it's here yet. They wait not so patiently for the box to arrive. My family has learned their lessons somewhat with the mail. It only took a few times of sending chocolate, only to have it arrived a melted mess for grandma to put an end to that one. 
Another thing I didn't consider was the stress of some unplanned phone calls. It's really easy to be in the loop when you live nearby. You know everyone's schedule, health status, special occasions, and even the not-so-special happenings. But when you don't see people on a regular schedule, it's easy to get out of the information loop. Every time a family member calls at an out-of-the-ordinary time, my heart rate skyrockets. It's really easy to assume something bad has happened if my mom calls in the middle of the workday. In reality, she might have the day off and wants to check plans for an upcoming event, so it's not that big of a deal. Or sometimes my dad will call just to say hi, but if he does it on his way to work, you know, kind of going back to that time zone issue, I tend to freak out and assume the worst. Now that we're far away from all of our family, we have to balance the time we do get to see them all, and balancing the two sides is definitely an issue. It wasn't much of an issue when we were closer because all the sides could come together for big events like holidays and birthdays. Now we have to pick and choose and often can't hit everyone in one visit. We also have to schedule the visits to our home. We only have so much space and so much time. We want the girls to spend as much time with family as possible and really get to enjoy when guests come to visit. It's just not realistic to have both sides of the family in town at the same time. It's a balancing act and a whole tab on our family calendar just to organize visits. Moving away from family means there's no such thing as spur of the moment. Plain and simple, everything takes advanced planning. From date night, to a request to stay late at school, to a trip to grandma's. There's no one to jump in and help at a moment's notice. Everything has to be planned well in advance with all of our bases covered. Even little things, like a sick child or worse yet, a sick mama, can make you crazy when you don't have family nearby to rely on. We have to consider our feelings along with the feelings of those we are missing. We have to balance what's best for us as a family with what's expected of us as the family that lives far away. We've had to find other ways to give our kids experiences with their aunts, uncles, grandparents, and cousins that they aren't getting on a regular basis. We've found a lot of ways to make the time we do get to spend together special. And another added bonus is that my girls have significantly improved their FaceTime game. At first, it was like pulling teeth to get them to sit and talk or not move the phone around and make grandma sick. You know, lots of eyeballs and up-the-nose shots. But now we have a routine and they often ask to FaceTime at random just to say hi or show off some new nail polish or talk about a school project. And I will say it's pretty special to see the joy and the excitement from both sides through the phone, even when it can't always be in person. The technology is pretty amazing. The bottom line here is sometimes a career change means putting physical distance between your family and your support system. If you find yourself faced with a career change for either you or your partner that will take you away from family, how have you approached the decision making? What steps have you taken to find a local support system when you find yourself in a new community? I can share with a level of certainty from my own experiences that there's just no right answer to these questions. There's only trial and error. I do put in the extra effort to keep family updated on our happenings because it's definitely important to us. We may have underestimated these few little things, but our girls know they are loved by family near and far, even if right now it's mostly from far. 
As you know by now, I'm a big proponent of doing what is best for you. And sometimes that means turning down an opportunity for one reason or another. But sometimes it means finding ways to manage the negatives because they are far outweighed by the positives. Our move from central Indiana to Birmingham, Alabama, a place I never ever thought I would be in a million years, has been that exact situation for us. We are far from home, but we've learned a lot along the way. We've created a community that supports us and our girls, and we prioritize FaceTimes and visits as much as we can. I'm not going to lie, it doesn't always feel great to be away from family, but I also know we're really fortunate to have that family. Even if we don't get to spend as much time with them as we like, it's definitely our privilege that I don't take for granted. And as I'm interviewing young professionals and they're asking me these questions, these are all things that I share with them and things that I have learned along the way. I hope these things to consider will be helpful to you if you find yourself in a similar situation. And if you're experienced moving with kids, I'd love to hear what tips and tricks you've learned along the way. It's definitely something I get asked about a lot because it is stressful. This is a good reminder that you're definitely not alone. Someone has been through what you're going through, and we're all here to share our tips and tricks and hacks and little things we've learned along the way. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Motherhood Merged. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I love putting it together. If you want to know when new episodes drop, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice so the newest episodes are automatically there and ready to enjoy. And if you want to help the show grow and reach more women who can benefit from hearing what I share, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review or share this episode with a friend. Super easy. Take a screenshot, post to your stories with a key takeaway or two, and don't forget to tag me at Aaron underscore Kraber, and I'll be sure to shout you out in return. Until next time, stay sane, my friends. Stay sane, my friends.